Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good morning, everyone. This is Jeremy Evans, your host of the Believe in Sports Law podcast via the Believe Podcast Network. Today is Monday, November 18th, coming up on the holidays here between Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas. show will continue throughout. May take a break here and there, but uh, ultimately got a really good show here for you today. And it is on the social media and streamers sort of dive into sports rights purchasing. And dive is kind of a misnomer there because ultimately it hasn't been much of a dive. It's more been sort of a slow and steady pace, a, a marathon as opposed to a sprint, so to speak. But Ultimately, a very interesting topic, and what we're talking about here is uh, companies like Facebook, Twitter, and then uh, ultimately some of the streamers like Amazon Prime, Hulu, and YouTube, who have all purchased some sort of live sports content. So you've had, and we've been able to see, you know, regular season and, and playoff Major League Baseball games, we've been able to see Hulu, who's had National League hockey playoffs. We've also seen Amazon with their Thursday night football. And then, of course, the NBA and Major League Soccer have appeared on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And specifically with the MLS, we've seen the Seattle Sander, Sa Sounders franchise and the LAFC franchise uh, in Los Angeles both do uh, exclusive YouTube deals in terms of distributing their live sports uh, matches. So the topic for today is really looking at the three major trends that could conceivably happen over the next five years in terms of uh, live sports rights. So a little bit of background here, as we've noticed a lot of change over the years, you know, it used to be that linear television was basically the place where you watch live sports. You know, you did your NBC, your ABC, your CBS, whatever it was. And that's still somewhat the case. You're still going to have those major networks uh, distributing that sort of content. That being said, some of these new players, like we mentioned, the social media and streaming companies have jumped into the scene and they've purchased some of this content. And, and ultimately, the three trends we're going to look at, we'll look at sort of their play and sort of where this this might end up but then also looking at you know sort of a broader perspective in terms of who are the major players going to be and what are some of the basic things that we're seeing in terms of the contracts and the way that these rights are being split up and distributed so the first part is looking at the growth of sports and where that's going to be seen you know because ultimately you know if, when you're purchasing selling and purchasing sports media rights, specifically live sports matches, you know, they have to have a value set to them. And, you know, and I think ultimately since the 1990s, we've seen a major increase year over year when you're talking about sports media rights to where it's to the point where you know that every year the rights are not going to go down, they're going to go up. And it's a matter of sort of whether you split those rights up to lower the cost but then lessen your distribution or lessen your viewership. So there was a report that came out by PwC, which is PricewaterhouseCoopers, and they do these sort of reports every year about the state of the industry. 
and looking at the, the data analytics on it. And there was three things that came out from that PwC report. And essentially they are that the sports industry is going to be looking at three things to help grow and that will grow its uh, cost and sort of size. And those are sports betting, sponsorships, and media rights. And they're all connected, right? Because ultimately, if you have a situation where sports betting is available, there are statistics showing that if somebody has placed a bet on a game or has some sort of self-interest in it, you're going to have you know, ultimately higher viewership numbers. And this sort of works even in fantasy, right? If you're if you're a fantasy sort of guru or you enjoy sort of playing fantasy sports, you're obviously going to pay more attention because you have a stake in the game, so to speak. So with when this US Supreme Court ultimately got rid of the ban on sports betting across the country, then that obviously opened up sponsorship opportunities. It opened up leagues, you know, basically doing deals with with um, gambling houses and you know sports betting companies, that sort of thing. Obviously, opened up opportunities for fantasy in terms of you know betting on fantasy sports. Not that that wasn't happening before, but you know, ultimately uh, opening up some additional opportunities. And then when you add that sports betting in, obviously that increases viewership, right? And then once you increase viewership, that increases the price of sports rights. So they sort of all play together. But that's something that's definitely happening and something that's going to continue to happen over the next five years. One sort of company I think that you everyone should be looking at is a company called FoxBet. This is a part of the sort of Fox Corporation, the new Fox, so to speak, that is just focusing on news and sports, essentially. And... Fox Sports has continued to buy up sports rights, live sports rights. They have obviously their own uh, shows, FS1 or whatever it may be, uh, radio shows as well. And then so this Fox Bet is sort of an app and, and subsidiary that is going to be focusing on betting. So this is going to be something to, to, uh, to definitely follow. The second thing we're going to want to look at over the next five years, and this is sort of already happening, but there's a company called DAZN, and it's pronounced DAZone, and it is run by former ESPN leader John Skipper, and a guy who, you know, obviously very well known in the industry, and somebody who's been involved with uh, sports for a very long time, and arguably made ESPN what it was, at least in terms of the modern day 1990s and 2000s, in terms of media rights and, and what that looked like. But DAZN is this company that is an over-the-top streaming platform, which means that it's you know essentially direct to consumer. And they recently purchased the Champions League rights for 1.5 billion, the UK Soccer League. And it's one of those things where it's the first time that they've gone international. But of course, DAZN has a history with sports rights in terms of the Canelo Alvarez deal, the boxing deal that was like $500 million, the most in its history. And they've been buying up sports rights. And a little interesting side note about this is that the main competitor to DAZN in purchasing those uh, Champions League rights was Sky Sports, which was formerly a company that had some uh, involvement with Fox. And uh, there was actually a deal in place at some point didn't work out that way, but Fox was actually going to purchase all of Sky, ultimately the 
UK regulators got involved or European regulators got involved and said, no, you can't do it. But um, Sky Sports then eventually did a deal with Comcast, which of course is Comcast Universal, and they now own Sky Sports. So that's a major uh, challenger in terms of, you know, DAZN getting in there and paying uh, for those media rights and uh, ultimately showing sort of its value and its valuation. And I know that DAZN has been also been in a situation where they've been trying to raise capital. So it's definitely a fascinating situation. And again, another company to follow along with Foxbet. So I think Foxbet and DAZN are going to potentially be some major players going forward. And there's already proof of that with DAZN in terms of its its um, viewership numbers and subscribers. And I think they're going to continue to try to grow that. May end up being a thing where one of the major streamers or uh, social media companies end up purchasing them. This is all conjecture at this point, but I could definitely see something like that where you have a company looking to add in sports content and, and ultimately buy subscribers, so to speak. And we've seen this with other companies and uh, some mobile television deals where you look at uh, the deal between Sprint and Hulu, Netflix and T-Mobile, Verizon and Disney Plus, and then of course companies like AT&T purchasing Time Warner or uh, Warner Media rather. Um, and there's been some other examples, CBS, Viacom, you know, becoming a company, one company again. You know, ultimately it's it's sort of you're looking at uh, mass distribution and how to reach more people. So that's going to be very interesting to follow there as well. And then the final piece in this, the third thing that I think will be sort of upcoming industry expectation is that platforms, the social media and streaming platforms that we mentioned, you know, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Amazon, the Hulu, the Amazons, the Hulus, and sort of the YouTubes of the world are really sort of, I'm looking at their strategy and it looks like they're doing two things. The first is that they're waiting for expiring contracts and retiring companies, meaning that linear television is losing its stake. Now, that's not necessarily the case for sports, you know, live sports rights, but it's something that, you know, I think the trend will continue because people are going to sort of see the ease, the ease of streaming. Uh, versus linear television. And of course, as long as streaming continues to be cheaper than cable or uh, satellite television, I think people will continue to pursue that. So these two trends in terms of expiring contracts and retiring companies, let's get into that. So there are two trends occurring as social media and streaming platforms have entered the sports, uh, the live sports rights space. For one, the sports rights deals are shorter in length, which means that there's less money up front and even uh, less long-term cost. So this makes sense, right? As you're diving into something, you know, you're going to sort of take little bites, you know, as the sort of strategy provides and sort of see where it goes. And especially some of these social media companies do have um, sort of large market capitalization, meaning that sort of they have, they do have a lot of power, a lot of influence, a lot of money to throw around. But I think they're sort of getting into it slowly but surely. And I think it's probably the smart, smart way to do it, especially considering the second point which is that as these social media and streaming platforms, they're waiting for two things to occur. Is this existing sports rights contracts with linear television companies to expire, which will probably happen in the next three, four, or five years. And then of course, for those same linear television contracts, uh, companies to continue to struggle in terms of 
competing with these streamers and social media companies in terms of, uh, you know, purchasing these live sports rights. So it's sort of like a wait and see approach of we'll take little chunks of, you know, this, this sort of league and this league and this season. Whereas when you normally look at linear television, you know, these are usually five to seven to 10 year deals. Whereas some of these deals for these social media and streaming companies are usually one deal and usually maybe it's 10 games in a season or maybe it's three seasons long at a max, you know, things like that. So it's sort of this interesting approach of, okay, let's wait for expiring contracts. Let's wait to see how the market plays out. And let's wait for some of these companies to continue to look at consolidation and or selling off certain rights. Uh, so it, it's, again, it's, it's a sort of very interesting space. And I think it's something that, uh, you know, to sort of follow. So to recap, we're looking at social media and streaming companies getting into the live sports content space. And this has already been happening, but we're going to continue to see growth in that. And the three industry expectations are growth of sports betting, sponsorship, and media rights, and the connection between those three in terms of how sports betting encourages engagement. Engagement encourages viewership, which can then be sold to advertisers who sell, you know, essentially you're selling sponsorships. And once you do that, it obviously increases the media rights to be sold because there's more advertisers there. And then uh, one company to take a look at there is Foxbet. In terms of the gambling aspect or sports betting aspect, the zone DAZN is going to be a major player, potentially led by former ESPN leader John Skipper. Skipper is actually the executive chairman for the zone, the major competitor for them when they purchased the Champions League rights, their first into international um, sort of live sports rights uh, was in competition with Comcast, a major player and a major, you know, multi billion dollar company. And been around for years. And then, of course, the third piece is looking at uh, platforms waiting for expiring contracts and retiring companies. And the strategy here is buying up you know, live sports media rights and shorter, uh, shorter sort of bite sizes, and then sort of pursuing that uh, by waiting for contracts to expire for other rights and then purchasing those. And then, of course, waiting for the market to see how linear television is going to react, and particularly with sort of a lot of these companies moving more towards the streamer aspect. And will be interesting to see how Foxbet plays in that space and also whether DAZN ends up being a company that gets purchased by another major streamer or whether they just continue down the path of becoming the next ESPN, if you will. So again, folks, that's it for this week. This was episode 20. Today is Monday, November 18th. I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. As always, it's a pleasure and uh, look forward to being back with you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.